It's Left of Field with Danny Kavanagh. Hello and welcome to the Left of Field podcast. Today I've got a big episode for you. I'm chatting to boxing champion Action Jackson England. That's right, this kid had just had his biggest pro fight of his career. He didn't get the result he wanted, but it was an absolute war. That's right, Danny Green, the green machine himself, has already titled it the fight of the year. Everybody's talking about this young kid. Uh, We discuss the fight, we discuss his career. He's super motivated and a really great guy. So... I bet you will all enjoy it. Jackson England, welcome to the Left of Field podcast. How are you going today? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Now, oh, I probably should have called you Action. Now, I believe that's your nickname, <laughs> isn't it? Yes, it is. So it's in, the, in the boxing sense, it's uh, alias. Yeah, action, action's fine, I guess. <laughs> and well, let's, let's start there then. Uh, where did the name Action come from? For a long time when I was fighting in uh, the amateurs or even when I was just training as a young kid, there was a lot of uh, names thrown around and action kind of stuck with it. So when I, I get ready for my first pro fight, the name Action Jackson kind of just rolled off the tongue with my coach and it kind of stuck. So, and, the, and what I bring to the ring as well with my style and the way I fight and the way I do things, I, I say it actually fits perfectly. <laughs> I like that. I like that. You're a man with action and yeah, I feel like it does send a little shiver down everyone's spine and they, they know what they're in for in a good night. No, exactly right, doesn't it? You have definitely lived up to the name Action. You just recently had a fight. Now, you didn't win, but do you want to tell us a bit more about this fight that you just had? Because from all reports, and I mean, and we're even talking from Danny Green, the media and everyone, it is the fight of the year. So... I got the opportunity to fight Paul Fleming, who's uh, he's, he's originally from Queensland, but he's moved to Sydney. For years, I've obviously watched and seen all these big names and these big guys, and Paul's been a, you know, I respect what he's done in Australian boxing and for his career itself. And we've been chasing a fight with him for about a year and a half. So when we got the opportunity to have fight him for the last fight, I was, I was over the moon for it, because all I've been wanting to is showcase my ability, my hard work, uh, everything I everything I do in this sport on a big stage. So I'm looking to do it again someone like him and it's a shame I didn't get the win on the night I felt not being biased or anything on myself I personally think I did enough to to win but you know that's in the judges and the, and the refs and from their hands tonight so being in that fight and don't get me wrong it was a close fight it was, it was back and forth it was an absolute war and to be out there as one of the three fight of the year you know I'm just grateful enough for the opportunity and for that as well but with the fight itself I felt I did enough to win I felt I did everything in myself and I show up to every fight 110% of myself, and um, I always leave what I do out there, and I bring that action. So to be out there and to have to be able to perform in front of all those people was was just a dream come true. It was an absolutely amazing feeling. Yes, it was a pretty big stage on the Barry Hall, and that was the main fight of the night. It was on stand, so you definitely delivered to show the country, you know, what kind of fighter you are. And I bet there's a lot of people excited for what's coming in the future. Now, it was yeah. an absolute basically a war, you could say. You know, there was yeah. a unanimous 10-round points win for, for Paul that we mentioned, and yeah. he got knocked down in the second round. Can you ch- chat out to us about that? Because, you know, you both were battered and bruised. I believe there's over 600 yeah. punches out there. Yeah, so the, like, uh, with, with that shot in the second round, felt it was, it was sharp, it was clean. It was, um, it was right, on the, right on the point as well. With Paul and their team, obviously it was all respect towards my team and his team and everything like that. It was, it was a fair game, you know, and with that, shot I hit him with in the second round, I realised, you know, I think he realised as well that, you know, I'm not here to, to bake a cake, as boxers like to say, you know, we're here to fight. And it's 
strategic, it's smart, and it's calculated. And that tried to hear me. I think it woke him up a bit. And it, it showed him that, well, you know, this kid can fight. You know, like he's 34, I'm, I'm 24. And he's 28, 29 fights compared to my 14, 15. You know, a lot of people at his stature and, and how long he's been in the sport would think they'd walk through me. That wasn't the case whatsoever. And I think they realized in that second round, or even from the word go, I wasn't there to walk, he walked over, that I was there to, to fight and to, and to take what was mine and to be there and to and come for the win as well. So, you know, I'm just as hungry or even more hungry than what he is, me being younger as well. Yeah, I think he gave a big shock. And I felt when I hit him with that shot in the second round as well that I was like, okay, I put him down, but I can't rush it. You know, you can never rush anything. You can never overdo anything or over overthrow anything. So I didn't, I didn't want to overdo anything in case I was to get caught myself because at the end of the day we're fighting. So I don't want to, I don't want to put myself in a, in a situation where I've got to be the one that gets hurt and then come back from that as well. Yeah, well, you both had cuts in your eyes and uh, you pounded each other for a lot out there. I think you definitely showed everyone that you were prepared to fight and you weren't intimidated by his, you know, 12 years in the game, that you were ready to yeah. show them that, they, you know, you're the new young kid on the block and he better watch out. But he also almost yeah, got disqualified in the sixth round. Chat about that. Do you yeah. think that was the right decision to let him keep um, fighting? Well, look at that from the knockdown to those punches, like being, you know, almost disqualified. I think maybe a warning or maybe a point deduction, that would have been more fair because at the end of the day, whether he heard the bell or not and he hit me with those two shots, I've, I've watched the fight back and I've seen it myself and looking at the fight, not from a biased point of view, someone else would have said, oh, you know, easy for someone to say disqualification or someone to say point deduction or even just a warning. I'd probably give it a point deduction or even a warning because we're still fighting on. He didn't hurt me with the three shots, even though he, he threw him from... But he, the bootlaces and he tried to knock me out with them. And regardless whether he heard the bell or not, we're in there to, to fight. I think at that time, he, I think he did hear the bell, but I think he was just in the moment just throwing the shots. And I had the bell, so I was ready to walk off. But at the same time, it showed, you know, how, you know, I've got a chin of steel because even with my hands down and him throwing three clean shots, I still walked off and didn't do anything. So I think, I think, yeah, I think whether a warning or a point deduction should have been the case, but disqualify, to disqualify the fight at that point, I think the crowd and the people would have been a bit disappointed as well for that because everyone was enjoying the fight so much and, and the crowd was getting right behind it. And I think it would have been a, a bit too early for the night as well. Yeah, I reckon it shows how rattled he was. You know, you were, you kind of got in his head and he was doing whatever he could to get the edge over you. Yes, um, I, I believe so as well. Like in, in those mid-rounds to late rounds as well, because I could hear his team and I could see from their team that they thought I was going to slow down, knowing how fit and conditioned I am and the motivation I have behind me. You know, I've, I've got my I've got my beautiful partner. I've got my beautiful son. I've got my family that support me and are, that are there for me. I've also got the best coach I could ever ask for as well. So I never leave any stone unturned. So I think that they realised later in those rounds, oh, he might slow down. And then I showed that I wasn't going to slow down, that they had to really dig deep and, and really find something of their own. And I think those three punches at the end, I think he was in the heat of the moment and he just went for it because he had, he had no other option. He had no other answer. You definitely shocked him in there and I, you know, no one was expecting that. You mentioned that you were really fit, you were really well conditioned and ready for the fight. What's a, in a day in the life like for you? How was your training leading up to this, this big stage? Um, well, to be fair, I train as if I already am a world champion, to be fair. And that's all I want. You know, I want to be able to be a world champion for not just myself. It's always been a dream of my own to be a world champion, but it's also a dream for, to, you know, set my family up to make sure my my family, my son, my partner, we're, we're all taken care of and that there's everything. And I couldn't ask for anything better. The conditioning behind it and the training I do, I probably train two to three times a day 
every day, except for Sunday. Sunday I get to train only once, which is which is me uh, put, not <laughs> over-pushing myself. But, um, my, my biggest thing I'd say is I, I, I definitely spend a lot of time in the gym, a lot of time training. And even when I'm not fighting or even when I don't have a fight locked in, I'm always training two, three times a day anyway because one shot, at this dream and at this and you got to make it you, you got to do everything you can for it and people can say a lot with talent and natural ability and I know from myself I've got great natural ability but hard work beats talent any day of the week and you can you can have all the ability in the world but if you don't have the hard work and the heart to, to back it then you might as well not fight and I can safely say I've got a great mix between hard work and natural ability uh, to, to push me through and don't get me wrong, there's training sessions where I'm just like, fuck, fuck why am I here? <laughs> and, um, and, but it's, it's always myself. I'm, I'm a very hard worker and I, I push myself because I've got the right backing behind me. I've got the right people behind me. I've got the right family and, and uh, relationships and, and everything like that that push me to strive me more. Um, and I also push myself. Um, I'm probably my biggest critic <laughs> out of anybody in the, in the whole world, my coach, anybody like that. I'm a, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So if I feel I've done good, I, I tell to myself, no, I could do better. I can do better. I know I can do better. But that's what pushes me to where I am. That's why I'm so conditioned. That's why I'm so fit. Yeah, you're, you're always fighting for that, you know, the dream, the big picture you mentioned, which is, you know, a great motivation, I think. And But you mentioned, you touched on having, you know, some natural talent and that comes from your family. I believe, you know, you kind of grew up around yeah. boxing. Yeah, I did. I grew up partially around the boxing. My father, my grandfather, and then um, I've even got both my my uncles and their their father all fought professionally, and it's a big star, big star fighting family. But I spent a lot of time when I was in my younger years, probably about 11, 12, maybe 13, 14 as well. And all I did when I was young was just watch boxing. It was that or dancing. <laughs> and um, around that time when I was younger, I couldn't really decide which I wanted to do, which was to dance or was to, to fight. And then uh, it was actually my stepdad had come to me when I was about 13, 14 years old, and he said, listen, what, do you, what would you like to do? And um, I went away on a school camp and had a big think about it. And I came back. I said, "No, I want to fight. I want to. I want. I want to fight." And he took me to my first boxing class, and it was just the dream was set from then. So you mentioned, you know, dancing and boxing and watching it on TV. Is that why you like to show yourself off as a bit of an entertainment fighter? You see the whole spectacle that goes into boxing. Oh yes, one hundred percent. Because you know, think people, you know, there's there's a lot of mixture of people who either want to see just fights and they just think it's people going in there and punching on but there's a lot of sweet science behind it a lot of people say that I like to bring that showmanship entertainment side of things into it because people want to see something they've never seen before and if I can leave in people's minds that well I remember that fight because I've seen that kid do that and I've, I've, I've shown that entertainment I've shown that, that I've showcased myself in the right way I love that I love being able to put a smile on people's face to show people what I'm about and how much how much hard work I put into this on putting on a show and not just showcasing my ability and, and showing how good I am but how great I want to be but also just you know people want to see entertainment people want to see that stuff so bringing what I bring into it which is you know a bit of class that flair that people like to say then I, I'm, I'm happy with that. And I think everyone likes that. Promoters and everyone will get you in the big fights on the big stage in front of a lot of people so it can only help your career. Fingers crossed. That's, that's exactly what I want, you know, because there's only, there's only up from here. You know? Like, yeah, I, I didn't get the decision on, on the night, unfortunately, but it was all respect at the end of the day. And then even we've been able to put on a 
put on a performance like I did on the big card like that. I've had people like George Kambosis message. I've had him ask me to be a sparring partner. I've had, had lots of doors open regardless. And it's only up from here, which is all like, you know, I'm grateful for everything. You know, I'm grateful for the team, the people behind me, management, family, everything. You know, I, I can only just sit here and say how grateful I am for everything I've got in my life. Are you away from your family? You made them, you relocated to WA. What brought you over here to, to, to train for boxing um, and push your career? Yeah, well, when I was younger, my, my stepdad, my mum and my sister and I decided to make the trip over here because my stepdad was actually working over here, FIFO. So he was always coming from Perth back to Sydney because I'm originally from there anyway. And we decided, you know what, let's just, let's just make the trip over. And very, very grateful I have. Not, not saying anything about Sydney. I love Sydney as well. That's where I started. I definitely wouldn't trade it for anything you know Perth is just so much more relaxed and it's such a such a beautiful place over here and people who have never been to Perth and then they come to Perth and they realize how beautiful it is as well it's good because it kind of gets forgotten a little bit it's a shame but being over here when I relocated over here I was probably about 11 and then you know to kind of go to a new school and to meet new people new friends everything like that like when I was younger I was actually a really shy kid I was very in my shell and all I did was watch boxing and watch dancing and do everything in, in my room by myself which was dance and, and throw punches and do everything. And and then when I got to my teens, I started to kind of branch out and I started to realise that I don't have to be a little shy kid anymore. You know, like these things that I love and these talents that I've got, I can actually showcase them and I can actually, I can thrive off them. And then I started to really bring my personality out and really started to find myself. And one thing you do also like to showcase is Mandra, you're from, you know, you lived oh. in Mandra, trained in Mandra. You're a big fan of Mandra. I reckon you. Yes. no one speaks as highly of it as you do, I've heard. Why do you love Mandra no. so much? I love Mandra because, you know, when we first moved to Perth, we were so, me and my sister, we were so spun out on how Perth was compared to Sydney. You know, Sydney's the, the rat race of, of Australia pretty much. And when we come to Perth, we are so stunned on how many beaches there were and how wide spaces there were, how much land, everything. There was just a big, big spin out. And then when we got to Mandra, we were like, wow, this is like beaches around almost every corner and everyone's so laid back and the, the place is just so beautiful as well, you know. And then being in Mandra growing up as well, you know, I've met really great people. I grew up with people in primary school to high school, just really good people that I can call friends and, and people I, uh, that have come to watch me fight locally here in Perth. And, you know, it's a beautiful place. It's, it's such a beautiful place. And I've had so much support from people, businesses, people I've met through um, Mandra as well. And there's a lady in Mandra who makes all the, the fight shorts and everything that I fight in. You know, big, big thank you to her. And there's Mandra Mazda. There's so many different businesses. There's uh, even a friend of mine who has a hairdressing, uh, like a, a barber. He's um, but he shows some support as well. So many people. So, so many people down in Mandra who we've met over the years who have shown their support and come to my fights and, and been there, which is, you know, very, very grateful. And, and the place itself is just beautiful. It's such a beautiful place to be. Yeah, and they've obviously appreciated everything you've done for them because they made you their Sportsman of the Year. Yes, they did, which was a big shock, to be honest. Well, you definitely deserve it. You've, I don't think anyone else has loved Mandra as much as you. So now you've got no. a win-loss record of 13-2 and two, and you've just fought yep. on a really big stage. There's so much hype around you. What's next for you in the ring? The next thing for me in the ring is to be active because even prior to this fight, you know, like I said, unfortunately, you've got the loss. It hasn't made a difference in my career whatsoever because there's a lot of positives and a lot of doors that have opened for me anyway. A lot of people got to see me perform and got to see what I'm about. What I look at that is the next thing coming forward is to just be active. And I'm nonstop training anyway. Partner always 
like to say I train too much. It's it's all it's all for them. It's all for them in the in the big picture of things. At the end of the day, moving forward, I just want to be active. And I had a big stint where through COVID and the pandemic, I got fifteen months off, and then I had my fight here local in Perth at Metro City, and I had a good win over a guy from New Zealand named Shiva Mishra. I had to wait eight nine months for this fight, pretty much like almost ten months for for this fight to go forward, and we were chasing fights everywhere and. It's that inactivity that is annoying for fighters, but because of COVID and because of the pandemic, and also because of lockout, uh, the different states having lockout laws and everything like that, it makes it hard. COVID has made it very hard for fighters, but all we want now is just to be active and to be in the big picture and to be on big big stages like that. And it's only it's only up from here, and I only want big fights and big stages to be able to perform on, and that's not only just for myself, but it's for my family as well. Yeah, great. Well, you know, that big dream, if you know what you're fighting for every time, you get that hunger and all you need is your next opponent. 100%. And with that as well, like I I, I love this sport so much and all I want is to be able to become a world champion one day. And I know that when I reach that, that's still not the end of what I want to do. You know, once you become a world champion, you want to push on and become a two-time world champion. You want to unify. You want to do all these big things. If I look at someone like George Camposas, who's currently the unified lightweight champion of the world and he's done it you know he's done one of the biggest things to happen in Australian boxing and I look at that and I would love the opportunity to be a world champion but then to unify the featherweight division you know like to be able to get more than one belt and more than one world title underneath me and leave a great legacy behind for myself and for my family and you know there's a lot of fighters who even in Perth who have come and you know contacted me prior to this fight who you know love to train with me and love to do things with me and I love to I love to help people out I love to help the youth I love to be there and show and then teach people as well and whatever I can in, in my own way. Yeah, like I was, it was very kind to have after the last fight. I had about 350 people contact me, maybe more, just in regards to how much how impressed they were and how much they loved the fight. And you know, I'm grateful and humbled by everybody and anybody who wants to message or wants to talk and anything uh, on on regards to myself. You know, I'm very I'm quite a laid back person and I don't think too much of myself in regards to any of that stuff. So, you know, I'm very grateful. Well, you definitely deserve all that praise. You delivered in the ring and you're also such a great guy. So, yeah, you know, definitely whatever's coming to you, you definitely deserve and hope it's only good things. I like to no, ask, thank you so much. No, I like to ask all my guests to leave my listeners with a with a words of wisdom, a motto that you like to live life by, some words of encouragement when times are a bit tough. What are yeah. some words that maybe have helped you along what the way? Oh. So things that would have hurt is to just be patient. Just be patient in life. You know, a lot of things will be thrown at you. Life's not easy. And I think I I know that from a training point of view, from a life point of view, from different things. Life throws everything at you. And no matter what, you just gotta be strong in yourself, be patient in yourself and, and things things will come around and things will get better. And as long as you're you're strong and you and you have the right people around you, the right support as well, and don't be afraid to to search for help. Don't be afraid to venture out as well because there's people out there who, who do want the best for you and do want to help you out as well, but you just got to be patient. And the best things come to those who wait, as they like to say. So that's all I can say. <laughs> nah, that's great. We can definitely all live life like that. Well, thank you so much for chatting to us, you know, giving us a bit more insight into that fight, into you as a fighter. I think, you know, your motivation is so clear on just on the phone call and that's definitely motivated me to focus on that big picture. Can't wait to see more of your career. I bet everyone will be following along now. Follow you on socials and we can see where you're fighting next. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jackson. <laughs>